What's up? I'm Ben Hale, and this is the Easy Living Yards Podcast. Creating a beautiful yard should be easy. Let's jump in and create the dream yard you deserve so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. Welcome to episode 77 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we are going to talk about how to create a beautiful rain garden. We're going to get into some details about what is a rain garden, why does it matter to you, if it matters to you, uh, how you can create one, and then a bunch of resources as well that can help you along the way. So I want to shout out those resources right now in case you really want to take some action. I'm going to have a free giveaway on a rainwater calculation tool, (laughs) figuring out how much rain actually hits your roof and your yard is really helpful. And so I created this super quick tool that makes this process pretty easy. Instead of having to do a bunch of old school high school math, uh, you can instead go use this tool. It's a free download. You can use this tool to figure out um, when it comes to figuring out how much runoff comes off your roof. Um, When you're planting a garden, that's really helpful. Uh, And also how much water is hitting your landscape in different areas. So it's a free download. You can go check that out at the show links for today's show at ely.how slash episode 77. That's ely.how slash episode 77. Likewise, I also have another free download for today's show, a list of low-maintenance plants that will work great in a rain garden. So you can check that out as well at today's show links. Let's just jump right in then today and talk about uh, how to create a beautiful rain garden in your yard. Okay, so let's start off with what is a rain garden? Well, a a rain garden is essentially a, a depression area that catches runoff. So rainwater runoff, when you have a rain event uh, in your yard or, you know, it rains. Uh, that's, a, that's the less fancy scientific way to say it, right? It rains. And when it rains, you get runoff. So basically that's the water that instead of soaking into the soil, runs off of your soil and out of your yard, down into the sewer, and it disappears forever, right? And so... A rain garden basically is a depression area that catches some of this runoff. It infiltrates or soaks the water into the ground instead of running off. This helps prevent things like erosion. So if you have, especially if you live in an erosion prone area, if you have a sloped site that gets some erosion maybe, or you have soils that are prone to erosion, this can be really helpful. And then also a rain garden... So basically, again, to recap, it's a depression area that catches runoff. It infiltrates or soaks this water into the ground, so it's not a pond. And it's also planted with plants that tolerate wet and dry conditions. So they can tolerate being kind of soggy, but not a swamp, you know, just occasionally soggy conditions. And on the flip side, they can also tolerate kind of drying out for a while and, and, you know, sticking it through those dry seasons as well. So it's able to tolerate both of those conditions, these plants that we choose, so that they can be best adapted for when it does rain and they can make the best of it. All right, so that's cool and all, right? But what does a rain garden actually do? Well, it does two things. Some things for you and also some things for the environment, that greater landscape that I like to talk about, right? So outside of your yard, it does some benefits as well. So for you... A rain garden is essentially a self-irrigating garden. 
You don't have to sit there and water this stuff, all right? So we're not planting this with knockout roses. I'm sorry if you like knockout roses, but these aren't rain garden plants, okay? So we're, we're selecting beautiful plants that are tolerating of wet and dry conditions, and they take care of themselves, okay? So it's a self-irrigating garden. It's also largely a self-maintaining garden. So once you plant it, if you do it correctly, you design it correctly, it not only looks beautiful once it establishes, but it also doesn't require a ton of work. So it just kind of takes care of itself. And you might be going there maybe once a year, maybe twice a year to kind of trim things up, pull a couple weeds here and there, and then in the spring you kind of cut the dead material back to let it start growing again. And over the winter, that dead material actually looks really pretty. And it also helps a lot of local pollinators and birds and critters that really benefit from this wonderful space. So um, it's self-irrigating, self-maintaining, and likewise, it attracts pollinators and birds. And a lot of us love having birds in our landscape, also those beautiful butterflies and moths that love to come by and pollinate these plants. So it creates a lot of buzz, a lot of activity. So that's what it does for you. What does it do outside of you? Well, a rain garden also has other benefits. It reduces runoff, it reduces sewer issues, reduces flooding, and restores groundwater resources. Okay, you're like, okay, right? Really, am I going to reduce flooding? Well, yeah, actually, yes. Especially if you become an example for your neighbors, and your neighbors likewise decide to do some of this work as well. Each of us makes an impact, right? And so you particularly um, can can add a, a benefit to this reduction of flooding, reduction in runoff, reduction in sewer issues, and restoring groundwater resources that are highly stressed these days. Okay, so why actually create a ray garden? Well, we just talked about um, one of those points, which is the personal positive impact that you can make. Me personally, I like to feel that I'm trying to be part of the solution as best I can, as opposed to part of the problem. And so we actually have a giant infiltration area that takes all of the runoff from our roof and our backyard and infiltrates it into the soil, except in the very biggest rain events that we get. Otherwise, all of that water gets soaked into the ground, which has a huge benefit not only for our garden, but also in reducing stormwater runoff. Now, we haven't quite done that for our front yard yet and the roof over top of our garage, but we're making a positive impact in the way that we can with our backyard and our main roof of our house. That's a lot of water. We get a lot of water that gets soaked in from our rain garden. So likewise, you can create this personal positive impact of restoring your groundwater resources, reducing flooding, and reducing the amount of water that goes into your sewer. A lot of municipalities, older towns and cities, uh, including in the Cincinnati area where, where our sewer system feeds into, are what's called a combined sewer system. And with a combined sewer system, it takes sewage that comes from your house, so toilet and sink water, right? So you know, you know what's in there. And likewise, it also takes runoff from your landscape. And so in big rain events, the sewer system overflows. It gets too filled. And so it has these planned overflow areas where if once the sewer system is completely maxed out, anything extra overflows into local street, local creeks, hopefully not streets, local creeks and eventually rivers. So that means when we have large rain events around here, 
and a lot of other cities and towns, we get raw sewage going into our creeks and rivers, which causes major problems. And so, really, your personal positive impact can be very significant by creating a rain garden that catches the runoff from your roof and your landscape, okay? Likewise, you're going to create a low-maintenance garden, right? We talked about that. And you're also going to be attracting those pollinators and birds that we talked about. So that is why it's awesome to create a rain garden, okay? So let's jump in. Let's just get right through all that stuff and jump in to figure out how you can actually build a rain garden. So this is going to be kind of a fast-paced show, right, where we're just diving into, I'm going to go through these instructions, and and this is going to give you a step-by-step guide. And if you're really choosing to do this, you can come back and kind of break down this show. Check out the show notes where I have a bulleted list of all these steps, and that'll help you get through the process in more detail, okay? So when it comes to building a rain garden, there's a couple things you need to do. You need to determine the size of your rain garden. You need to determine the location of your rain garden. You need to determine the soil infiltration capacity. Then you need to plan out your garden, which includes the design and the plants. Then you need to install your garden. And then we'll talk just a tiny bit about the maintenance of your garden as well. Those are the steps in a nutshell. Okay. So when it comes to determining the size of your rain garden, this is based on a couple things. The amount of space you have in your yard, also the amount of runoff you have from either your roof or your yard that you intend to catch. Okay, so those are the factors. Likewise, um, we're going to talk in the location section about maybe some existing features like slope that can influence this as well. But more on that in a minute. So when the the space you have, you have to have a rain garden that's going to fit in the space you have, okay? And determining uh, how much it captures uh, could be a factor there, okay? Also, the amount of runoff. I mentioned that rain garden uh, or rainwater calculator tool already. So again, go over to the show notes, ely.how slash episode 77, episode 77. And you check out that free rain garden uh, rain water calculation tool. That'll help you figure out how much runoff hits your roof and almost also how much water hits your yard. Now, what you want to do is you want to figure out how much your biggest rainstorm is on average each year. And you can figure this out online if you go to average rainfall uh, in Google um, or biggest storm event per year in Google and type in your location, usually you'll find some information on this. So around here, our biggest storm event is usually between over the course of uh, 24 to 72 hours. Um, It varies, but usually we're talking three and a half to four inches. So I want to plan for three and a half to four inches of rainfall in one weekend, right? That hits our landscape. That's a lot of water, right? And so figure out how much of that's actually catching off of your roof as well as in your yard, okay? Whatever that space above your rain garden is um, will flow into your rain garden. We can assume that uh, once your soil is a little bit saturated after, you know, the first maybe inch of rain, most of your um, most of your water hitting your yard, the rain hitting your yard, is going to run off instead of soak in uh, if you're talking about a lawn. So you can assume that you're going to get mostly runoff after that first maybe half an inch to an inch, and and that's going to hit your rain garden. So you want to figure out that your rain garden is able to catch 
and then slowly absorb that water over time. So basically, it's not absorbing during the storm. It's usually absorbing most of the water after the storm in the next, um, again, 48 to 72 hours. Okay, so again, check out that free rainwater calculation tool um, in the show notes. So once we've figured out the size we want, the appropriate size based on what we want to soak in, as well as what we're willing to make from a physical size, right? Now we need to also, in tandem, determine the location. So you want a space that has a gentle or non-existent slope. Okay, so um, you can't have a rain garden on a super steep slope. And that's because, for one, you might cause some, some sliding issues if you try and put a rain garden in where it's a really steep slope. And likewise, um, you need to be able to grade your rain garden to a level um, surface. And that's because you want the water to spread across your rain garden evenly so it can percolate over that whole surface area evenly. Okay, So you need to be able to grade your space level. You also want this space downgrade of your runoff area so that way it can catch it right? And then also, so it's not flowing stuff back towards, say, your house where your downspout is located. So you want it to be able to flow down away from uh, where you're catching the water, okay? Likewise, you have to have a planned overflow area. So in the event that you get so much water coming into your rain garden uh, where it completely maxes it out, you have to be able to um, gently overflow the extra water, the excess water coming into your rain garden. So it can then go on its way because the reality is we can't always catch everything unless we're really planting a super giant rain garden. Okay. So that planned overflow area should be a, um, hopefully a broad open space that's not going to flow into somebody else's house, for example. Okay. So figure out that location in tandem with figuring out the right size for your rain garden. Next, we need to figure out our soil infiltration capacity. Your soil infiltration capacity, basically what I'm talking about is how well water can soak into your soil. So what you need to do here, if you're not super familiar with this, is your soil must be able to soak up rain over time. So if you have something like heavy clay, hard pan, or bedrock that's close to the surface, um, this can be a problem for creating a rain garden. And the reality is you might not be able to have a rain garden in this space. So you might have to deal with other ways to catch water in your landscape as opposed to a conventional rain garden. And that's more detail than what we can really get into in this show. So even if you have something like clay, for example, you still might be able to create a rain garden. You can still create like an infiltration area. The The downside is you might not be able to be quite as aggressive or optimistic with how much water you can capture in there and how long it will take to soak in. So the the key factor is here. If you have something like heavy clay, so here in the north side of Cincinnati where I live, um, we have some pretty heavy clay soil on our landscape. Um, And certain parts of our landscape do not infiltrate water very quickly. And so what you can do is if, if you can still infiltrate that water over the course of, of a weekend, so three days, that's short enough where you're not going to have stagnant issues where you're creating anaerobic soil, which is something you don't want, or you're growing mosquitoes, which is also something you don't want. Instead, it's going to have enough, uh, going to be able to infiltrate quickly enough where you're not going to be causing problems. 
So how do you figure this out? So what you do to determine your infiltration rate um, in a nutshell is to dig a hole uh, as deep as you can, one to two feet deep is sufficient. Uh, and you fill it with water. So you take the hose, fill the whole thing up with water, and you let it sit there. And walk away, come back in an hour, see if anything's soaked in. Come back in two hours, see if anything's soaked in. Basically what you want is, is over the course of a couple hours, you want to see a good chunk of that water uh, soaking in. So if it's super slow or you get no infiltration at all, that might not be a good site for a rain garden. So you might be able to check another site on your property to see if it's any better. So what you can find is if you have somewhere with a little bit better topsoil, odds are you have enough organic matter in that space that's going to help kind of soak up water like a sponge and going to help... Uh, also your soil will be less compacted there as well. So it might help with, um, building a rain garden in that spot. So you just have to look around, see if something works out for you. Okay. So enough on soil infiltration. Let's go ahead with planning our garden. So when it comes to planning your garden, you're going to look at to look into rain garden design as well as plants for your rain garden. So when it comes to rain garden design, you want a shape that's effective for holding water. A lot of times people do like this kidney bean shaped thing where the water comes in the, the short side of the kidney bean and then your, your, down, your downgrade side of the kidney bean is that kind of the longer part, um, if that makes any sense at all. But you basically just determine a shape that's effective for holding water and also an appealing shape for you, your desires, as well as your property. You don't want it to fit into your landscape. You don't want it to just be this odd random thing off to the side that's shaped weird uh, and differently than the rest of your landscape, okay? So you want something that's appealing for you and also fits into your property. Next, you want to make sure it's an easy to maintain design. So just um, as an example here, you don't want a bunch of like jagged edges to your rain garden that you have to like zigzag in and out of as you maintain the edge around it. So you want it to be something that's easy to maintain and fits into your landscape maintenance routine. Okay, that's enough on the design piece. Figure out what you like. Plants, when it comes to plants, you want to select plants that are well adapted to your space. Now, I already mentioned I have a free giveaway for this as well. If you go to ely.how slash episode 77, there's a link to low maintenance plants. It's a short list. Uh, I have some longer free giveaway lists as well. But for today, I'm talking about a short list that you can select a few plants off this list to put into your rain garden, and they should all be relatively pretty effective. Again, you want to make sure any plant you select you know, this short list I'm talking about is a broad generalization. So it's highly dependent on where you live and what, where your uh, rain garden is located on your site as well, what type of soil you have. All these things are factors. So this is a general list of plants that work in a lot of locations. You still have to do the homework to figure out what type of sun exposure you have, what type of soil you have. Some of those things are important factors in selecting those right plants. So that's kind of the, the caveat or the footnote to this plant list. Don't just assume everything on that list is going to work for you. You still need to figure out what's best for your site. Okay, so select plants that are well adapted to your site. They need to be able to tolerate occasional wet conditions they also need to be able to tolerate drought because this is a self-maintaining garden, right? We don't want to be sitting there watering these plants when it hasn't rained for a while. 
And also, we don't want to have plants that are just going to wilt away when there's a bunch of rain that happens and that place is wet and soggy for a little while. So it needs to be able to um, adjust and tolerate both wet and dry conditions. Now, the cool thing is, if you live in the States here, there's a lot of native prairie or meadow plants that are native to each region of the United States. Now, of course, we have the great, you know, mid-central United States prairie, but there are prairie plants. There are meadows and prairies uh, pretty much anywhere across the U.S., right? There are pockets, right? And so the plants in those spaces are generally well adapted to these conditions, both dry and soggy slash wet conditions, Okay, so that's a good starting point is to think about those plants that are native to your region that grow in those types of areas. You don't want something that grows in the deep woods, right? Because it's probably a shade tolerant or maybe requires shade to grow. And so it's not going to do well in your rain garden if it's sitting in the middle of the sun. Okay. Um, Now, the cool thing, too, if you select plants from these uh, areas Um, you'll likely get a selection. If you're having several plants planted through there, you're going to get some with very deep root systems, which is really important. And you're also going to get some with shallow fibrous root systems. So you're going to get a mixture of both. And those deep root systems, really what they help with is kind of, especially if you live in those clay areas, right? They're going to drill down deep and they're going to kind of break up that soil way down deep they can even, you know, a lot of these plants with tap roots can even end up breaking up hard pan eventually, which is crazy if you know what hard pan is. And these root systems will help with the infiltration of your rain garden, which is super helpful, super cool stuff too. All right, enough on nerding out there. You want to design for full coverage of your plants uh, once they mature. So that might be over the course of a year, maybe even two years or so um, uh, before they fully mature. But once they grow to their mature size, you want the edges of each of those plants kind of cramming in on each other a little bit, touching each other. And this will prevent weed issues. So that way, this is a relatively self-maintaining garden once it's mature. And that's really cool stuff, right? Okay, so that's enough on the design. That's enough on the plants. Let's get to installation. When it comes to installing your garden, uh, there's a couple things. First, You might need to rent equipment here because we're talking about some grading stuff, right? So you want to kind of grade the bottom of your rain garden level, and you usually want kind of a little bit of a berm around the edges as well. So that level part will kind of take that water as it flows in, and the berm will kind of hold it in that space so it doesn't get away and it soaks into the ground. And so you might need, depending upon the size of your rain garden, it might be best to rent some equipment or to have somebody come in that knows what they're doing and do it for you, okay? So you want to level out your space and you want the excavated soil on the downgrade side and on the sides as well to create a berm. Now, how far down you excavate out depends on how much you're, um, how much water you're, you're taking on, you're planning to take in, um, as well as, you know, what style of ring garden you want. So that's a decision up to you. Now, Aside from this, you know, I'm glossing over the installation here, um, but aside from that, if you have one of those low infiltration soils we talked about, um, if you don't have shallow bedrock or shallow hard pan, here's what you can do. You can excavate uh, about two feet deep across your whole rain garden. It's pretty deep, right? Um, You want to excavate it out about 24 inches deep, and you want to add some rock or rubble to about 12-inch depth. 
Now, this is kind of an artificial system that we're talking about here. What you're going to do next is you're going to cover with some high-quality landscape fabric. It's permeable to water, um, but it's and the reason we want high quality is we don't want it to break down over a little bit of time. So you got to get some high-quality stuff um, and to cover that rock and rubble, um, and then fill it in to about six inches below the original grade. So that'll be about another um, another six to eight inches of, of uh, soil that you excavated. So you're going to fill it in. You're going to use the remaining soil to create that berm on the sides and downgrade of this area. So what that's going to do, those rocks down there, that rubble down there, is going to create an infiltration area. So water can soak through that soil that's on the top surface, and then it kind of fills up that rock infiltration area. Now you also want to have eventually a runoff spot as well. So you don't get some giant stagnant mess down there. Um, you're going to need a runoff spot for that area as well. I forgot to mention that. So um, getting a little technical here, but I just want to point out that it's something you can do. It can be done. Okay, so next, after we've excavated our space, we're talking about planting. Uh, a nice cost-effective way to do this, if you're, if you're concerned about cost, is to get plugs, Okay. Plugs are these little tiny uh, plants, basically. Um, they come in about a one to two inch size. And you can plant these plugs, again, this is based on the mature size of your plant, but you know you can plant these on one foot cent- on center or whatever. And you can get a lot more plugs for a lot less cost. So that's a nice cost-effective way to do it. It's going to take longer for your garden to mature, of course, but you can search for plugs out there that are available for the various plants you're looking for. Okay. Also, um, uh, seed mixes can work or, um, you know, personally, I feel like seed mixes are somewhat less attractive. They look like your naturalized meadow or whatever, and they don't always establish very well. So you really need to know what you're doing. If you're getting a seed mix, um, I do recommend the, the prairie nursery, um, which is the prairie nursery.com uh, has some really nice seed mixes, especially some specific ones. If you have say clay soil or whatever, um, they have various uh, options there. Um, so if you are looking for a mix, that's an option. Just know that it's going to look a little bit more scrubby. So you have to be willing to uh, accept that as well as to know whether or not it fits in your community as well, or if that would be something that will be an issue. Okay. So, when it comes to planting, you've got your plants in space. Um, you're ready to go, right? Now you want to cover in between your plants with a minimum of four inches of mulch. What this is going to do is suppress weeds in the short term. Um, and over the long term, that mulched area hopefully will be grown over by the plants you've planted. Okay, so long term, maintenance is pretty minimal. You're talking about trimming in late winter um, hopefully, you know, if you're, if you're looking for habitat to provide habitat, um, early spring is better than late winter because you have a lot of things like native bees in there that, that will overwinter in those little hollow stems of the plants you have. And so, um, you, if you can hold off just a little bit longer to chop that stuff down, you know, right when the new growth is starting to emerge from the ground is when you kind of chop everything down. Um, that will go a long way to providing good quality habitat. Now, if you're looking more just for aesthetics, I still like, and this is becoming more popular style, um, in conventional artistic gardening as well is to leave those plants, uh, instead of trimming them down at the end of the fall, when they start to look, you know, to, they brown out or whatever. If you leave them over the winter, they provide really beautiful structure and visual interest. And so 
leaving them over the winter is is much prettier to me this is my opinion so just think about it um is much prettier than just a chopped down level space um, after you know they're done growing. So just consider what to do there. So maintenance wise, you're gonna have to chop it down at least one time per year, right? Aside from that, maybe occasional weeding where you're going through pulling out some weeds here and there, and they shouldn't be that extensive unless you didn't prepare the space properly to begin with. Okay, so if you're really having some weed issues, consider some more mulch. Again, mulch should be a temporary thing, but it's a good weed suppressor until the plants that you want kind of take hold. Okay, that's it for maintenance, guys, and that's it for really creating your beautiful rain garden. So let's go again through some resources we talked about. So ely.how slash episode 77 is where you can go to get resources for your rain garden project. There's a free rainwater calculator tool you can download and you can enter in how much uh, square footage you have. Um, really, it's just the dimensions. So if you say, I have a 30-foot space wide and 10-foot deep that I want to catch that rainwater, you type in that stuff, and you type in how much rain you're talking about. So maybe how much does one inch, how much rain is that? What about two inches? What about three inches? What about the whole year? How much rain am I actually catching? You will be amazed how much water you can catch over a whole year. It's crazy, guys. It's awesome, too. Okay, so that free rainwater calculator tool. Likewise, I have a link to a cool blog post I wrote. This is a little while ago. Five super cool ideas for your rain garden. So if you're looking for some style design ideas for your rain garden to really make it pop, go over and check out that link in the show notes. Likewise, I have a link to a free low-maintenance plants list that you can download if you're looking for some ideas for plants to put in your rain garden or any low-maintenance garden for that matter. Go and check that out. All right, guys, I had fun talking about this today. This is a fun topic to me. I love the idea of rain gardens because they're low-maintenance. They also have a positive environmental impact, and that's, you know, a lot of what we talk about on this show is things that make life better for you, but they also make life better for the environment. That's big to me. I hope it's big to you as well. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.